Welcome to the Kingdom Community. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. To learn more about us, please visit kingdomcommunity.global. We look forward to hearing from you. One of the sponsors of Kingdom Community is Audible. Guys, we have a special offer for you. Just head over to audibletrial.com forward slash kingdom community and sign up for a free 30-day subscription and download any audiobook you want. At the end of the 30 days, if you don't continue with the subscription, the audiobook is still yours to keep. Can't beat that deal. Head over again to audibletrial.com forward slash kingdom community. Welcome to the Kingdom Community Show, everyone. My name is Glenn Blakeney. Today's episode, I sit down with Dr. Greg Crawford, who is an apostolic leader that has a heart for the nations, and we talk all about spiritual fathering. Guys, this is an incredible interview. I know it's going to really give you a lot of value and some takeaways to help you to not only find yourself someone who can really help mentor, train you, and father you, but also to become a spiritual parent. The Bible is clear that we have many teachers in the body of Christ, but we need more spiritual fathers and mothers. Bless you guys as you watch today's interview. Hey, Greg, welcome to Kingdom Community. So glad to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks for allowing me to be on today. It's great to be here. Yeah, it really is going to be an incredible interview. You know, obviously, I've been familiarizing myself, uh, learning all about you and and what you do. And I'm really impressed and honored that you are involved in really just training and equipping and impacting nations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. It's uh, we got a big job ahead of us and we got to just keep at it. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, when Jesus said the harvest is great, he wasn't uh, in any way exaggerating. And no, the workers uh-huh. are few as well. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's time for us to I don't roll up our sleeves and just keep keep working. You know, there's there's so much work that needs to be done in the earth and there's so many hungry people. Mm-hmm. And you know, we have a generation that's coming up that's just really wanting authenticity. And we've got to start delivering some things that they've never seen before. So, right. Yeah. yeah, completely concur with that. Now, let's talk about that. You obviously are involved in impacting generations, the emerging generations, and you have uh, what's known as the base in Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah. What is what is the base? Well, the, the base is coming out of uh, Isaiah. Uh, about coming uh, to the base of the mountain to ascend, an army base to train. That's kind of how, and I let the young people pick the name. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we are more a training center. And, you know, people want to keep calling us a church. Well, we're not a church. We meet on Saturday nights. Mm -hmm. We don't conflict with the normal structures, meeting times. And we have people come in from all over. Um, We just got done with a meeting this weekend we had six states and Canada represented, and wow. um, we do meetings about every six weeks to connect the body of Christ in our state. We formed a, a statewide prayer initiative in our state. Hmm. Uh, we're involved in the capital. Our capital is about 20 minutes from our location, and my wife is mentoring. Um, uh, I'll just put it this way. She's mentoring some people in the Senate of our uh, capital. And we've been involved all the way up to the governor. Uh, some of the bills, when the governor signs them, she calls us and asks us to come into her office and pray. Hmm. So it's about influencing, not gathering a bunch of numbers and hoarding them, but it's training them and sending them back out with their passion to find their places of expression to, to influence. And um, you'll influence more than you could ever try to manage, you know, so... So that's kind of what we do uh, uh, overall. We've always had training schools of all kinds and uh, very creative environment, very creative expression, uh, prophetic worship, artists, drawing and sketching and just, you know, all of those things. So very different atmosphere. 
Yeah. So, Greg, what do you think about this? You know, you are seeing a generation being equipped and trained in many places, particularly in the Western nations. It just seems that church is languishing. I mean, what you're doing with training and equipping believers, saints, disciples, do you think that's a new normal in the future of the church? Uh, I really do. Um, in the past, what we've done is we've had people come serve our vision. And in this new moment, we're seeing that people have vision and dreams for themselves, and we're trying to figure out how to empower those dreams and visions. Hmm. And uh, people have gifts and abilities setting inside of them, but never had a place of expression. And so, you know, I believe that everybody's vision ties into a larger vision. But as a leader, I'm supposed to be helping to serve them and bring them to a higher place in the kingdom and a higher place of functioning in the kingdom. And uh, I think we're going to see even a, a greater separation between the way uh, the old way of doing things of people coming to be entertained versus people coming to participate. I kind of liken it to are you a consumer or are you an investor? And so we're shifting from the consumer mentality of, of going to gatherings to being an investor with coming with something to offer. And so it's creating more of an activation in people. I think even a fulfillment in people that they never had before. Hmm. And once that starts catching on and people start talking, I think that you're going to see a huge paradigm shift into something really new and amazing. Hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole attractional model where we try to bring people into the building to an event or a worship gathering And obviously, we believe in the importance of the gathering of the believer for worship, for instruction, all of those Mm -hmm. things, even ministering to one another. But the missional component, really, which is not just an element, but it's all about the Great Commission and what Jesus commanded us to do, is still in many places, in many ministries, even nations, is missing. Um, Yeah. When when you talk about people having their own vision and dream, and you mentioned something very significant, and I hope that um, everyone heard this. If not, guys, we're going to just dive a little deeper right now uh, because it's so significant. It's so important. There's a bigger picture, but yet each individual's specific calling, their vision, what God has given to them, their assignment, you know, their purpose uh, doesn't really conflict with, for example, the corporate vision of a church or a ministry, but it really doesn't conflict if it's done properly. Would you just speak into that more? Yeah, I mean, it's like, so let's say like for us at the base, our vision is we really want to influence and bring a a spiritual awakening that's really what we're focused on reformation awakening like so many so how do i got people that are artists i got people that are songwriters i got people that can do poetry they're involved in business i we have several people that are legislators and in school boards and etc etc so it's empowering them in their places of influence and let yet they see that what they're doing is bringing the kingdom in. It's bringing kingdom principles into all, all areas of society and culture. And so with that overall vision, there's room for everybody to participate with their gift set. Hmm. Uh, probably the hardest thing is for us that like, oh, I have an artist. What do I do with the artwork? How do I incorporate the artwork so it has value in the overall ministry? So like I have a gal that's an artist. Um, I've been working with her for a couple, three years. She's now becoming a primary artist in our in our capital. Uh, wow. She's doing artwork that's getting recognized, and she's influencing about 100 artists, and they're not Christian artists. Wow. So how, that's playing into the overall vision, you see? So um, those are kind of some of the principles that you start seeing is like, I believe in that person. I think this is a key element. I have to believe in that person and have vision for who they are in God before I can ever help them. Mm -hmm. See, before we're trying to teach people things, but we had no vision for them. If we have vision for who they are and the DNA, the spiritual DNA of what they're wired with, then we figure out an opportunity 
so they can practice that. But then we start helping them to find the destiny of their life to fulfill that. And uh, those are kind of the things that come into spiritual fathering and, you know, some of those aspects. But um, everybody has a role. So every week we do, everybody in our entire ministry is called on to do a five-minute message before the service starts. Okay. We're activating everybody. We're yeah. activating them in prayer time at the end. It, I don't have a prayer line and people come up. Everybody's praying for each other. Everybody can prophesy. So that's, it's seeing in a different light of how God would see people. And I think those are things that really make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Thank you. So you said something significant. Help, you know, basically find an opportunity and then see people, my words, empowered to fulfill their destiny. Can you just break that down? What does that look like? Well, we've we've been very scared to have people step out in a gathering. Um, and it, the problem is, is we're afraid they're going to make a mistake or we don't want to upset our atmosphere or whatever we're thinking and where did the prophet come from? He, he practiced to become a prophet. We, we give no opportunity for practice. Mm -hmm. And we expect people to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, this new model and approach is saying, here is, a, here is a safe environment. Here's a safe atmosphere. It's not about producing that service as much as it is about training the people in the service to produce service outward into the culture. Mm -hmm. So the service becomes a training ground. It becomes the opportunity to step out for the first time or do something. What's kind of amazing is once you find that grace, you'll see like we just had this conference this last weekend. Almost every new person that came into our building ended up on a microphone before they left. That's not typical, yeah. but it is a safe environment, and they felt safe. So we've created this welcoming of that we see you for who you are, and we aren't concerned about the mistakes you might make. We'll walk that out with you. We won't abandon you. And in the past, when people made mistakes, we abandoned. Mm. Now we're training and learning from the mistakes together. Mm. That, to me, is very critical when it gives give people that confidence to step into something new. Yeah. Wow. That's good. So in other words, the um, gathering, to use the term you you employed, uh, is more of an equipping center. It's more of a boot camp. It's not the place where the mission is executed. Right. Right. The mission is outside the walls. That's where the mission is. And so we're trying to figure out how can I place every single person into mission? You know, the early church, they had a message, they presented the message, the message picked up momentum, and they went on mission with the message and the momentum, and they had transformation. So the message has to change first. So oh. the techniques and the styles have to all change. Then we start to pick up momentum in the people, and then they go on mission. Wow. So I liken it when I see like... Uh, Paul, Paul picks up Timothy there, you know, Acts 16. But if we look back, he had a, he had a message and a mission in Acts 15 after they had an apostolic council. And they're going to take this gospel to the own world. So he picks up a spiritual son to go on mission with a message. You see, we're picking up spiritual sons, but we aren't giving them a message and we have very little mission. So I look at how spiritual sons and daughters are brought in is because you have a need for them not to just say, I have sons and daughters, but you actually are sending them on mission with your message. And to me, that's another different approach. Because hmm. um, we're training fivefold in schools and ministries, but in, the, in that day, they, the fivefold effort was coming more out of the sons and daughters who had a lot of their issues resolved because they were sons and daughters. Then there was an additional grace added. So it wasn't the um, rebellion or insubordination or whatever you want to call it. Those things were all done because they were spiritual sons and daughters and the fathers had vision for them. And there was a real um, 
appreciation and honor both ways. Wow. And then an additional grace was given and they went on mission and they actually pointed them in mission and they, they established them in the mission of where they would be. So, wow. wow, that's powerful. So today often what's happening, of course, is people are being trained to, to preach, to teach, to prophesy, heal the sick. Um, what are you actually saying? I mean, let's just break it down a little bit more. What okay. in terms of sons and daughters and, and that whole um, need, what what look like, and, and what should we be doing in terms of training and equipping people today? Most okay. importantly, as a priority. Yeah, I think that um, with all sons and daughters, the relationships all vary. Uh, some require a lot of attention. Some come in, they're very broken, even and yeah. very uh, in need. Um, you know, I look at it like this. When are we going to start being spiritual fathers and mothers to those that are broken instead of those that are behind pulpits? It seems like we have picked up a lot of sons and daughters that are in full-time ministry, but we haven't been willing to invest those that are really broken to bring them up into a full-time ministry. So it's back to what I said with the thing of having the vision for them. It's looking at the areas of woundedness that needs to be healed. It's walking out life together with them. As a spiritual father, I walk out life with them, and I have to have a love for my sons and daughters. And the Lord really spoke to me, and he says, you love your sons and daughters, but do you love what your sons and daughters love? And that was very challenging. And it's like I learned to love their children. I learned to love the things that they love to do in life. I love to um, dream dreams that they're dreaming about. And that builds a, a heart connection, a real connectivity. So there's those areas of relationship that have to be developed. And it's a constant investing in relationship because and giving identity because you function out of your identity. What we've done in the past is function to get an identity. So I build very strongly on identity of who they are, how God sees them, how I see them, and bring confidence in. Then giving them the opportunities to function and then correcting that as it goes. But it's easy to correct because the other part's already foundationally been placed in. Wow. And so giving them opportunities, can you teach? No, you're not a teacher. Can you preach? You're not a preacher. Well, what should I be doing? Well, maybe you got a healing anointing on your life. Do you can you prophesy? Starting to spin into the different things that maybe they've never tried, and finding those placement areas for them, uh, and then drawing on that. You know, not letting them alone, drawing it on it, pulling the gifting out, and just walking it out with them, hmm. and and doing it not in like. Um, an official way, but like an unofficial way, you know, it's like, this is just life. We're doing life together and um, I'm investing into your life and I'm being transparent with my life. And a lot of leaders don't want to be transparent. Um, I share openly everything that's going on with me to them. So they know what I'm struggling with, not my successes, but my struggles. And they see how I handle the struggles. They see, mm -hmm how I'm thinking my process through. Uh, they're seeing how God's dealing in my heart. They're hearing me pray, uh, what I'm praying about. So they understand this, uh, how I'm handling life huh. so that they can handle life. Yeah. So it's a, it's a chance. You're taking a chance of exposing yourself, but they're taking a chance of exposing their self. <laughs> so there's a mutual, um, you know, a little bit of holding back at times. Sure. But it's building that confidence that I'm not going to abandon you. And we're going to walk this out together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You just said so much. And uh, I just want to go back to the earlier part of, of what you just shared. You specifically mentioned about sons and daughters who are basically already active in ministry. You know, they're preaching, they're teaching. And, and some of them have been the spiritual son or daughter of another minister. And, and then for whatever reason, that didn't work out. And then they move on and find another spiritual father. But Paul mentioned, we know in 1 Corinthians, you know, he was speaking to the church in Corinth about how they had many teachers. But 
he was their father because he had begotten them by the gospel. And one of my concerns today is that we have a lot of people saying, look, I'm a father, and yet they've never really begotten that person through the gospel. And it's easy to um, kind of be a, a surrogate, um, maybe adopt someone that way. Like, and, and don't get me wrong, and I want to just say this to our kingdom community audience. We are by no means advocating that um, we don't help people who are already active in ministry because some of them need spiritual fathering, and, and that's very, very important. But going back to what you said, you have people that are broken. You have people perhaps even that don't know the Lord yet, that need fathering. That's profound. Like it's in, in one way, it's so basic. Like that's what we're supposed to do. But do they need to be at that place where they're fully functioning and then all of a sudden come all along and give them like a fatherly back? I don't think so. I think we need to help people really grow up in that healthy uh, context and environment. And with the process you just outlined, and guys, go back and listen to what Apostle Greg just said, guys, Uh, that process of helping people really just grow. But, you know, you come to that place where they see in you the time that you're spending. And of course, that's preparing them to be spiritual father spiritual mother as well yes yeah i think i think it's um it is a major investment and it's a lot of work Hmm. and i think what we've done is we've picked up people that aren't much work they're already in ministry and i agree with you i got some people that they're in ministry and i'm fathering them and it's not that much time but they need somebody to draw off of sure But then what about the people that are sitting out here that never had those opportunities and um, that investment of time? And I always tell them I'm expecting a return on this investment. I'm not just doing this and not going to see anything. I I want you to produce something with this. Mm, And, uh, you know, and I think that with with so much of this, we're picking and choosing. And and I look at it like I get the process started by. What does God say? Is this someone God's leading me to? Is there a mutual connection? Do I feel connected to the person? Do they feel connected to me? And then we start by talking about expectations, boundaries, um, you know, just some things, put in some guidelines of what's going on, when they can call, when, you know, if I'm busy, blah, 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 those kinds of things. And I think those are all necessary things when you're, when you're fathering people, um, but, you know, the, the people that are in ministry, they still need a fathering. And a lot of people are in ministry never had a father mm-hmm. or they have bad fathering relationships. And so it may come out even as uh, an orphan type spirit they're producing in their people because they're, they feel orphaned themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, you, there's so many issues you're kind of dealing with with fathering and everybody's path is different. Um, you know, I have some that take a lot of time and and it's a discipling thing mm-hmm. uh, we are to make disciples what does that mean you know it's not getting people saved that's not making a disciple it's right. taking a person who gets saved and making them a disciple and that's a process uh, and it's not an event it's mm-hmm. kind of like sometimes we're doing event fathering you know, oh, I'm going to be your father, and then there's nothing else. Right. No, we, it's a process. So I can tell you a couple, I won't tell stories specifically, but. Please do, yeah. A couple girls that I know, they're broken. I mean, terrible. And one took six years, and one took eight years to heal all the wounds up. Now, who's willing to take that kind of time investment and emotional investment to see somebody come out? Now, both of them are fully functioning fully doing ministry. The one gal's got a a spa and she's ministering to women that are broken all the time. And the other one is went off and she's doing great things in ministry as well. But see, did we, did anybody have vision or did they just see the brokenness? So when you're fathering, you're looking beyond the problems. You're not focusing on the problems. You're focusing on the potential and you're wanting to bring that potential out of them 
and most of the time they never see it themselves. And so uh, as a father, uh, you're giving a part of your life away to each one of these sons and daughters. You're giving your heart to them. You're giving your uh, affections to a large degree to them. And uh, I started fathering by fixing people's breaks. If, if you can imagine this, we had a Bible school going. Everybody's cars are breaking down. They're coming to me. It's like four or $500 to get my brakes fixed. I said, well, bring it down to my house and I'll fix your brakes for you. I'll put new brakes on. Put right. the brakes on. And almost inevitably, what happened was a fathering relationship started out of that simple act of trying to just plain help them. Hmm. And one girl even said to me, she said the Lord spoke to her and said she was struggling because she had a very bad spiritual father in her life at one point. Hmm. Uh, so she was guarded. And she drove away from my house and the Lord spoke to her and said, you'll trust him with your life, but you won't trust him with your spiritual life. Hmm. He fixed your brakes and you're depending on it to be right, but you're not depending on him to help fix your life. Wow. And it just changed everything. So sometimes as strange as that sounds, it's those simple things of being involved in people's lives, right. you know, that, that starts something in, in a course. Wow. And, uh, so I'm amazed at the path that I've lived and the things that I've been able to do through all of these things. Yeah. 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 Powerful. And you've been doing this for a long time, I know. Uh, but you also have a school of ministry. And Paul, as we already talked about, you know, he he said you have many teachers, not, but he was their father. Uh, but yeah, we need teachers and we need the fivefold. And not everyone that we come in contact with are we going to be able to be a father to? Uh, so it's important to train and equip people. I want to hear about the legacy school, but also particularly how do we kind of bridge that tension between the need for fathering yet the um, delivering training and equipping that's really going to impact this generation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the... Uh... We've always, I've always had schools. We had uh, even um, gotten approved by the Department of Education to have international students at one point. Wow, that's and, huge. Uh, yeah, that was a major accomplishment. Then through that, I helped some other schools in the U.S. get their Department of Ed um, approval to get international students. So we had to be fully accredited, and we had to maintain our standards. Then um, through that, that spun into international schools. So we planted around 60 schools and nations and because uh, some students couldn't come. Uh, then we started with a Jub Jubilee School of Ministry, which we still have that school. That's an MP3 school. It's online as a like a podcast. Then we went and created Awakening School and then we had a leadership school. And now we have uh, Legacy School, Legacy School Online. Um, and so it's a, it's a school, and I really love the format of where I'm at with it. I, we were doing three hours a day, five days a week, nine months. That was grueling. Yeah. Uh, and people can't make those commitments anymore. So what we've done is we've established a school where you go at your own pace, um, where there's a video released every week. There's a leadership principle video released every week. And then there's a live Q&A that's interactive with questions on Zoom every week. And that kind of gets into the thing of how do we educate? I'm educating, but I'm also interacting. We always have to have that personal touch in everything we're doing. So a lot of my sons and daughters have went through the schools or they're in the school right now. And uh, it's it's transformational because what I'm doing is I'm taking the best teaching that I've done over 30 years of running schools and condensing it and putting it into a single moment of time. Hmm. So I'm not teaching hundreds of hours. I'm teaching like the best of the best of what I've produced. And then I'm giving that to them. But I'm also doing something very unique that most people don't do. I'm giving them all my teaching notes every week too. And so that is an investment again. You see, it's about right. investing and I'm giving that to them. And then they can look at those notes. They can, uh, they see how I teach. I'm modeling how I'm, how I'm even creating my notes. 
uh, modeling all of this to them, and they're getting a firsthand experience with it. And so it, we have students from all over the U.S. We got students over overseas and other nations. And um, I'm just I'm loving it because I can I can come into the studio here and I can record at my leisure, and then we post the videos out, and they can take the class at their leisure. Yeah. And and so we got a first year that we're going through right now. And then we're going to start uh, what's called Hebron Guild, and it's about the activation. So Hebron Guild, you're going to have to start something, a small group, a ministry, something. Love it. Be in it. And then you're going to get mentoring, weekly mentoring, as you lead whatever you're leading. And I'm going to hook up some other people that have been through the school to help mentor people as well. So wow. it becomes perpetual is what it does. So I think apostolic is perpetual. It's putting something in place where it keeps creating something even after you're gone. And that's that's why it's legacy school. I want it to be, if I'm not here, it's still going. It's something that's perpetual. So uh, Wow, that's brilliant. Yeah, I was listening to a video yesterday uh, regarding Andrew Carnegie and how he would go into companies and basically would find the supervisors or the foreman of the company and uh, would uh, that person would be put on leave or a vacation for maybe three, four weeks. And if the company continued to operate efficiently while he was on leave, that person, that foreman would get a promotion. But however, if in his absence, things began to just fall apart, he would actually get fired. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> <laughs> and so we're talking about, yeah, making sure the next generation is able to continue. As you said, apostolic perpetuates. That's brilliant, Greg. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really love what you're doing, particularly the the practical things where people have to start something and, and then providing um, mentoring as well as the training. It's I think it's really the model that we need to embrace yeah. in the 21st century. Uh, tell us more about, you know, what you've been doing. I know you've written a lot of books. We'll talk about that in a moment, but just give us some further insight in some of the things that you're doing. You have 6,000 graduates every year on average. That's, that's roughly in that school network. And what yeah. we did is we grew those schools up to be in their culture without American money funding it without, we gave them all of our teaching notes. Again, we gave them books I put one of the largest Christian libraries in Nigeria uh, in the nation there, probably in all West Africa. We literally shipped pallets and pallets and pallets of books, and they were not junk books. They were yeah. decent books. They were new books. They were. I even got books from Peter Wagner and uh, Dutch Sheets and different ones before they were even in went out in print. I said, okay. you know, guys, I need books. They sent pallets of books. Sent them overseas, videos, and uh, established this huge library over there. Hmm. And uh, so that we, I'm doing that. I'm traveling a lot. I'm speaking in conferences. Um, I'm mentoring pe uh, leaders of churches, uh, leaders of ministries. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of work in Kentucky, Tennessee, and Ohio right now. I'm living in Iowa. Um, yeah. And I'm doing the Legacy School online. My wife is in the Capitol every week doing things in our Capitol. And uh, I'm just I'm spending a lot of time um, writing, of course, blogging, books. Mm -hmm. And in, I'm doing a lot of studio time, so I, like today, doing these kinds of things. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm looking at it going, I only have so many life years left. Right. So what am I doing that multiplies? I mm -hmm. don't want addition. I want multiplication. So I'm trying to put things in play where um, it has a spinning effect over and over and over and over. I learned that back when we went into Nigeria the first time, um, how many times a book is read. Uh, it can be read up to 500 times. Wow. A single book. And it's passed and it's reread and it's passed. And so uh, we in America barely read a book. They actually mm -hmm. say you read about 80% of a book. Uh, but over there they would read. So I was like, so what am I doing that builds something for the future? And I told people, 
uh, they said, boy, you're writing a lot of books. And I said, yeah, I'm writing books. So when I'm dead, people will read them because that's when people read books. So I'm, plan I'm planning for my demise, I guess, a little <laughs> bit. But I'm planning for something that remains after I'm yeah. gone. You right. know? And I think that longevity is what we've got to have in vision in this hour. Um, we've been having short vision and we're not, we don't have a five or 10 or 20 year plan. And mm -hmm. we got to see something out there and start working towards it because you build backwards. So if I, I used to be an engineer, so I'd, I'd see a machine completely built and functioning, one of a kind machine to do a brand new process. And then I had to tear it apart and say, okay, this, this, and this all work together, but there's a block here that doesn't, there's a missing factor. I need to figure out what that missing factor is and make sure it works with everything else. And that's kind of like building in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. uh, if I don't know what I'm building, then I don't know what I'm missing that I need to build with. Mm -hmm. So I have to see the vision way out here and then build backward and come back to the beginning and take an evaluation, an honest evaluation. Yeah. So I'm, I'm constantly in an evaluation of myself saying, Okay, that was good, but what could have been better? Maybe I need to shift what I'm thinking. And even like even like here today, we're doing this interview. I looked at uh, if I'm going to put in a nice a nice studio. I'm gonna I'm gonna build it out, keep adding to it, because I see it as a means to reach a lot of people quickly. It's the multiplication factor. Yeah, and I I really appreciate you having me on today. You know, and just all of this because. Hopefully this video goes out and it multiplies. And I know that's your heart desire too, is right. you want to help people and reach them, reach people with um, new ways and new thinking. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm very big on a, a spiritual fathering. And I feel like I'm on a journey to come back to authentic Christianity, to come back to the original intentions of God for the church for the people of God in the as the church, uh, and and what was it really supposed to look like? And it's easy for all of us to see the problems, and we see the lack. And but can you find the solution? So I'm in a journey of seeing problems, but finding solutions to problems. Mm -hmm. And I feel you're unjust to point out a problem if you don't have a solution. God doesn't do that. He says, here's your problem, but here's your solution. You need to do it. And so we all are, can easily see what's needing to change, but can yeah. we find a pathway of change? Yeah. So that's part of my journey of what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm seeing part of the pathway is a different approach to the emerging generations. I see a different approach of how we function mm -hmm. and a different approach of how we do mission. Yeah. And um, so it's not the typical I guess I've, I've just been an untypical person. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I, I appreciate that you being unconventional in that way, because in reality, it, it's the way Jesus was um, in terms of helping people to really have that pathway. He didn't just give them information, but he provided processes. He, he provided strategy and relationship in the context of relationship. So for those who are, um, really just, let's say their interest is peaked, they feel challenged uh, to step into that place of being a spiritual father, spiritual mother, uh, what some advice you can give to them? Because I, I really believe, like when Jesus said the workers are few, mm -hmm. then we're to pray for that. But there's a challenge in which we need to provide spiritual fathers and mothers to this generation. And it's one thing to say to this generation, well, go find yourself a spiritual father. But if there aren't many around, you know, that's that's a big challenge. So what would you say to those who are more mature and seasoned in the Lord in, in terms of helping them to actually take some practical steps? What do, can they do to really step into that place where they are available uh, to to father? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a really good point because um, our whole nation is fatherless right now. It seems like, and um, fathers have wisdom, and 
the, the one thing that I see is you don't have to be, quote, in ministry and a full-time minister to be a spiritual father. I believe there's spiritual fathers in all kinds of congregations. And there's young people that are wa- wanting somebody to just invest into their life. And it starts like a, like the fix the car story with me. It starts by just getting involved in their in their real life issues and struggles and being around for them and letting them know that you you believe in them and that you're there for them. Uh, and then it's about investing. And if if you're investing in somebody that's probably younger, I mean, I've got people that are older and I'm their spiritual father, but it's not about the age maturity. It's about the maturity in the Lord. And if you have any any part of maturity in the Lord, I've matured even a, even a little bit, there are people that are less mature than you and find somebody to invest your life into. Mm. I really challenge my people that every person here should be discipling somebody. Mm. And there's people to disciple everywhere. And I've even challenged them to disciple them into salvation. In other words, go invest into their life in such a way. You see, Onesimus and Philemon, the whole book is about spiritual fathering. And here Paul meets a man that's in prison, and he's put in prison because his master imprisoned him. And if you read the text, he literally was won over to Paul's lifestyle in prison and begged him to be a spiritual father to him. Hmm. And it was all by the lifestyle that Paul led that captured this man's attention. And people are watching you. And it could be a neighborhood kid. It could be a teenager. It could be somebody that you bump into every week. There are people out there that just want investment into their life. Now, the two things that happen as you start going into this is you're going to have to take a risk of being transparent with your life story. Uh, The other thing is, is it's going to challenge you to grow in your faith in a way that you've not grown. Uh, You're going to have to be a problem solver in someone else's life, make the investments, those kinds of things. And one of the big challenges I think we're faced with right now in the fathering area is we have a lot of sons and daughters, but we haven't matured them to be fathers and mothers yet. So we're, we're stagnating their growth by constantly kind of, I don't know, locking them down a little bit. And I get into that in one of my books, uh, is the fact that, like, like, I have ministry right now that I know is getting ready to transition. The guy is aging out, is transitioning somebody in. And I said, you cannot put a spiritual son in your place. And he was thinking of putting a spiritual son. And I and he said, well, why is that? I said, because you're a father and everyone here is expecting a father. That's why they're here. If you put a son in who hasn't become a father yet, people are going to probably walk away to a degree. Mm-hmm. They're here for the fathering. Now, you could still be like a grandfather, but you see, most of us don't really want a father. We want a grandfather. Grandfather spoils us. <laughs> a father disciplines us. All right. <laughs> so there's, there's that issue going on, but we have to grow sons and daughters into being fathers and mothers. And that to me is the next leg of the journey as we've started in spiritual fathering. Uh, and so that's, that's a whole different approach of uh, getting them to see that they can be a father and having that vision for them as a father in their life but for them to see that vision of themselves and that role that they can play. And so I have some people right now that that's what they're doing. They're transitioning into being fathers and mothers to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it was because I'm like, you got to, you have the goods, you know, uh, if you think you're waiting to be prepared, you're going to wait till you die. Cause you'll never be prepared for it. Yeah. You've just got to step out and trust God and allow him to use you. And you'll see that, it's that grace is resting on you, you know, as a father. Yeah. So good. Wow. You just shared a lot of incredibly valuable information. So in closing, uh, let's just talk about one of your books. What, what book would you recommend people pick up that you've written oh in this season right now? I know not putting you on the spot or anything, but <laughs> I got, yeah, I all my books are on Amazon and Kindle. 
Um, so they can go in there. I've got an author's page. I've written about 20 books. Um, the last, I'll just take talk the last two books. Um, last, the last book I wrote was this book, the, Real, the Realms of God. And it's about the interactions of heaven and earth. And it's about us being seated with Christ in heavenly places, accessing into the different areas of heaven for the things that we have need of. And this book has really taken off. People said it's really helped them uh, uh, with the disconnect between earth and heaven in their lives. And since we're talking about fathering quite a bit, this was the book I wrote right before that, The Fathering Heart of God. Um, there's a story even about, uh, you can see even in the book, there's a ring on the front, and then I have a ring here, just the same ring. And this is actually my Bible here with this drop. And what okay. happened is we actually had oil falling in our service. And this is about, this book is about uh raising sons and daughters it gives you the it gives you the ins and outs i have testimonies from sons and daughters here in the us from overseas from different lifestyles different ways from different areas of brokenness ones that didn't need brokenness uh and jim hodges gave me probably the most glowing um review on the book um and he told me that when he read it he actually was in tears and he said he was going to use this to shift his position of fathering because it was coming at it from a very different angle. He told me it was probably one of the best books he ever wrote on fathering. And, you know, when you write books, you never really uh, set out to try to make a bestseller. At least I don't. I'm trying to I'm trying to convey information to people. I don't put any fluff in my books. And I really try to, you know, write from a revelatory uh, place. And the subtitle of this book is Creating Sons and Daughters for Authentic Legacy. And I think that's what everybody wants. They want that authentic legacy in their lives. And um, to me, the fathering aspect is what creates that versus even just trying to disciple somebody in truth. There's one thing of being a teacher. It's a whole other thing to be a father. And so those are probably two of the books and people just got to get on and see. I, I write in very different, unique style, probably than most people. I, I write kind of how I teach, how I talk and teach, and uh, you know. And it's I'm amazed at where the books have went all over the world. And uh, a lot of people are using some of my books in their adult Sunday school Bible studies. Uh, some even in like required reading of part of their entry into their ministry so that they're all kind of on the same page. Uh, but, you know, I just encourage, I encourage people to learn, you know, there's a lot of good information out there. It's not just me. There's other books as well. And, you know, grab hold of what you can get and, it, and, you know, teach yourself and learn and study to show yourself approved and, uh, and invest what you learn in other people. Don't hoard it. Invest it out in other people, and God will give you more. And many times when I'm teaching, I have notes. Say I got handwritten notes, and when I'm done, I hand the notes to people right there. I don't hoard my notes because I believe if I give those away, God will give me more. And so uh, I write books, in all honesty, and sell books so I can give books away. So I don't really make much money on the books. <laughs> I give so many books away, uh, yeah. but it's a way to just help people. And that's how I see it. So, yeah, well, uh, that's that's so commendable. Thank you so much for doing that for the kingdom. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to I want to pick up your book on fathering. I'm looking forward to reading that as well. And uh, having you back, Greg, you know, want to have you be with us for our kingdom community session. Perhaps we can talk about fathering. That would be a, a great topic. And so for people to connect with you, uh, the two websites are the baseiowa.org and um, then the school of ministry is legacyschoolonline.com. Is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Awesome. So we just put those up for you guys just to, uh, to, to be able to visibly see that. And those of you listening to the podcast, again, LegacySchoolOnline.com and the base, Iowa.org. That's Iowa, a state in the USA. Des Moines, Iowa is the capital city of the state. 
And yep. so it's been a real honor to have you with us, Greg. Really appreciate what you shared and and really uh, thank you for taking yeah. time. Thank you very us. much. Yeah, our, our, I'll say one more thing. Our, ba- our base uh, website has a link to our app. We actually have an app in the App Store. And you can just type in the base and it'll have like a mountain symbol. And it's really nice. It's a very uh, decently made app. It interacts podcast and takes you into the schools and all those things as well. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I just enjoy this, you know, sharing my heart with people. It was really a great interview, Greg. Thank you so much for joining us on Kingdom Community. Thank you so much. Well, hey, everybody. My guest has been Greg Crawford and uh, just talking about spiritual fathering. Wow. So much incredibly important information was shared. And I want to just encourage you to join us at the Kingdom Community. Head over to our website, kingdomcommunity.global. We have mentoring, we have equipping classes, so many different things you can be part of. Watch us online as well at kingdomcommunity.tv. Perhaps you may be interested in being a broadcaster on the Kingdom Community Television Network. Again, just head over to kingdomcommunity.tv to learn more. Bless you guys. Have a great week. And remember how valued and loved you are by Jesus and that you are an integral part of the body of Christ. And the important thing in all of this is not just merely to be a body part, but to make sure that you are part of the body. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in to Kingdom Community. We really appreciate all of you. Well, I have an exciting announcement to make. We are actually ramping up the Kingdom Community and moving forward to train and equip a generation to fulfill their destiny in the Kingdom of God. You know, often we do webinars, we do training, we offer courses, and, and many other ministries do this as well. But we've come to realize that the greatest need is to really help people move forward, to really take those actionable steps to move to the place where they see the prophetic promises of God become a reality in their lives. And so head over to kingdomcommunity.global, our brand new website. Check out all that we offer. We have masterminds, mentoring classes, as well as personal one-on-one mentoring. We have courses, so much more, guys. It's going to really help you grow and fulfill your destiny in the kingdom of God. So just head over to kingdomcommunity.global and learn more about all we offer and how we can help you move forward to fulfill your destiny in the kingdom of God. Thanks for joining us today at the Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip, and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about the Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.